Explore the heart and soul of Outback Australia with Vision Tours. Travel to fantastic destinations like Broken Hill, Coobapedi, Uluru and Alice Springs. Visiting local churches and meeting people spreading God's word in remote communities. The Salt and Light Tour, in conjunction with Bush Church Aid, is a holiday that celebrates our faith. Join like-minded people from July 28 with Vision Tours. See full details at vision.org.au slash tours. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. All right, well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is Tim and Dez with you once again. And uh, hey, really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for doing that. And uh, just a, a couple of thank yous before we launch into the show, actually. Thanks to the stations for taking the show each week. Thank you to you for tuning in. Uh, otherwise, we'd be talking to ourselves, which isn't much fun. And uh, hey, talking of which, thank you to uh, my co-host, all right, nice guy with a strange accent. Des Kennedy, how are you, man? You good? All right, nice guy. You don't know me too well, I can tell you. I know you very well, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm great, man. I'm really good. I just want to remind folks of our uh, website, which is momentumaustralia.org. And on that website, there's lots of places to leave feedback. You can ask questions. You can listen to all our podcasts um, and lots of videos, YouTubes that you can look at. And also, if you want to support us financially, you can certainly do that on momentumaustralia.org. And, and also, we have a new support line. So uh, we have Momentum Care Line, which is one 800 men which is one 800 000626 so you can reach out um, and, and and get help which is confidential and will support you in where you are. The service is provided by our friends at Caroline Connections so you can reach out and get help seven days a week, 9am to 7pm, 1-800-000-MEN. And Tim, how are you today? I'm well, thank you, Des, really well. And super excited about this week's show because um, actually if you go to the website, momentumaustralia.org, uh, you will, of course, be able to see all of the previous shows. And last year on Momentum, we chatted with National Director for Youth for Christ Australia, Cindy McGarvey, about her book, Lost Boys Bring Them Home. And the book looks at essentially the effect that our society, our education system, is having on the manliness, the values, the ethics, the maturity of young Australian men. And it also offers a real faith-based, God-led solution. So Cindy's new book is titled The Next Revolution, Resisting the Cult of Self and explores some of the influences and cultural revolutions that have shaped society, but but also alarmingly has crept into and is starting to influence the church. Once again, the good news is that this book also provides some answers. And to explore these, we are super excited to have Cindy back on the show with us once again. Welcome back to Momentum, Cindy McGarvey. Thank you so much, Tim and Des. I mean, Cindy, when you, you came on the show last year and uh, we were talking about the book Lost Boys, I mean, it, it really profoundly impacted me when I was reading it. And I thought, man, you're just so on the money. And it was so wonderful to have a female perspective um, in that space. And so we just, we appreciate you coming back and we're excited to get into your new book. But just quickly, in the last six months or so, uh, since we've we've not spoken to you, how's things been? What's been happening for you? There's been a few things we know happening for Youth for Christ as well, because we've, we've talked a bit about that with one of your colleagues, Paul. But uh, how's life been for you generically? Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. And you know, as to the Lost Boys books, things have been going great there. I continue to get letters and emails, um, which is really encouraging. Um, 
one of the things that I did, I was thinking about this earlier that I did a Lost Boys presentation for Youth for Christ Asia Pacific uh, gathering with all the Youth for Christ leaders across those countries. And um, it was a real eye-opener because especially the leaders from the Pacific Islands like Fiji and Tonga and all those countries, uh, they said that the exodus of young men from the church, it's really hard to find any men, and especially Mm. young men. And um, I was telling them about the research that found that the most addicted country, or they did this survey, the most addicted countries to pornography was PNG and Fiji. Oh, wow. Well, you you wouldn't think that, and um, so that that was something. So um, we'll we'll watch that space because they're starting to wake up to that. Um, but Youth for Christ recently released a new ten week program for teens, and I know that you guys interviewed um, PJ about that. Well, that was launched last week, and it's called What's Normal. Mm. And this is a program that can be used in schools, um, youth groups you know, churches or by parents at home, you know, with their kids, with their teenage kids to raise awareness on the dangers of the sexualized culture and how to navigate it. So we're really excited by that and we're really looking forward to the impact that's going to have mm. on, on the church. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and um, we did, we, we spoke, well, you call him PJ, we call him Paul, Paul Bedwell, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we chatted with him about the What's Normal course, and uh, if you haven't um, yet seen that, go, go to the Youth for Christ website and uh, and check it out because it is a an awesome resource for particularly young people uh, trying to navigate that that minefield of pornography in today's society. You know, Cindy, um, you were telling us a little bit last time with the Lost Boys book, and I I want to preface this because I think this book is going to ruffle some feathers too. Um, in a good way, in a good way. But um, when when you go around and you do your speaking engagements, do, do you find that your honesty, your transparency, I mean, you tell it like it is. There's no fluff with you and we love that. But do, do you get some pushback for that? Do you enjoy that? Or is that just part of what comes with when you release books like Lost Boys and this next one that we're going to talk about? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, surprisingly, uh, in regard to Lost Boys, I think like 99% of the feedback is great because people are actually longing for the truth. Right. They're, they're craving for truth to be spoken, not just in the churches, but also in the public square. Yeah. And I believe strongly, and I know you guys do, that, you know, we can't solve any problems without first confronting the truth. Yeah. Mm. But unfortunately, the truth is very unpopular. And, you know, (laughs) some of the truth that's biblical truth is even considered as hate speech. So, but deep down, I think everyone knows that things are not right in our culture. And so many men are appreciative as they don't feel that they've got a voice in the public square anymore. And, and I think that is emasculating to our men. It's amazing. And I just love the fact, as Tim said, that you're just so open and honest. And it's great to have, uh, you know, a, a woman talking on these sort of issues. Yeah, for sure. Well, your next book, Cindy, let's let's launch launch into this. The Next Revolution, Resisting the Cult of Self. That's a pretty provocative title. And, and what I love about the synopsis on the back, and I'm going to quote this, it said, the world has infiltrated the church far too easily 
we become ineffective in this post-pandemic era because of it. Can you unpack that statement for us? I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, it is. I think um, you know we've just lived through a pandemic the last few years, and it was almost like a trial to test us and to reveal what was the state of the church today. Mm. And I really don't believe that we rose to the challenge during the pandemic. I think we hunkered down and protected ourselves while we saw suicides rise. We saw loneliness rise, extreme loneliness, particularly in young people, joblessness, economic hardships was impacting more and more families. And, um, you know, people dying alone without their loved ones at their sides in hospitals and nursing homes and all that sort of thing. You know, this is sort of like fruit of it, but what what is happening in our church? And I think uh, the ideologies in mainstream have influenced the church so much. And, um, yeah, there's an unspoken consent to either the world or the government and that we're stepping out of our authority. Mm. I mean, the majority of your book is actually recapping some of the various movements and, and revolutions over the years. And I love the way that you set the scene through that. I mean, that's a big chunk of the book. And then we get to some of the solutions at the end. I mean, for me, um, just rereading some of that, I knew some of it, some of it I didn't, I didn't know the full impact. So, I mean, I love the fact that you've explained that. And that kind of sets the scene to go, this is perhaps why we are where we are today. But which one of those movements or revolutions do you think has had the perhaps the most impact? I mean, obviously all of it's chipped away over the generations, but do you think that there's one in particular that really, I suppose, set the church up to fail or the church didn't really navigate terribly well? Yeah, that's a really good question. Maybe I would say the sexual revolution, particularly because it's tied to so many others, like it's tied to the feminist movement. They, Mm. They just basically go hand in hand. Uh, it's tied to the new age spiritual movement and so much more. And I think the sexual revolution messages were carried through the world initially through rock music. So it Mm. just went right out all over the world. And um, I actually wrote an article on this recently that the term rock and roll was a Southern American euphemism for sex. <laughs> That's why right. so many concerned yeah. parents, you know, mostly Christian, they called it the devil's music. And I can remember when I was younger that that was what it was called. But there's this book called um, The Closing of the American Mind by Alan Bloom. You might have read it. Mm. And he said about, uh, you know, the sexual revolution and the music that took it out. He said that young, this is a quote, I've actually got it here. Young people know that rock has the beat of sexual intercourse. An enormous industry cultivates the taste for this orgiastic state of feeling connected with sex, providing a constant flood of fresh material for voracious appetites. Never was there an art form so directed exclusively for children. Wow. He wrote that in 1987 um, before the World Wide Web. Uh, You could actually just say the exact same thing for pornography. Yeah. That, you know, it's constant, it's free, it's out there, and it's um, it's directed at children, even though it seems like it's directed at men, but I believe it's grooming our children. So, um, you know, this is all, uh, you know, part of that sexual revolution and, you know, how women have um, have joined that as well with 
you know, wanting sexual freedom outside mm. uh, marriage and so on. So mm. I think that, you know, the pornography um, has been an ex- a natural extension of the sexualized music and it's been unleashed on our children um, in, a, in a society that is now void of values. Cindy, can I ask off the back of the rock and roll thing, which I thought was really interesting and a little funny, to be honest. But, um, you know, in the 60s and 70s, there was the the whole uh, movement where a lot of kind of hippies and, and rock mus- musicians got radically saved. And um, before that, the church had become quite traditional and, and quite, you know, dare I use the word stuffy. But then there was this influx of these former hippies and musicians coming into church and they radically shifted the way that music looked and sounded in church, and this would have been late 60s, early 70s. What do you think that did overall in the bigger picture? Uh, I'm not saying it was necessarily a bad thing, but do you think that that might have shifted some of, I suppose, the church's responses and reactions to the world in that moment, and that's maybe led to a path of becoming where we are today? Do you think that might have influenced that? You know, as I write in my book that um, the the impact of the cultural revolution and all of these hippies coming to Christ was basically the roots of what's called today contemporary Christian music, where they brought their folk music into the churches. What do you think about that, Tim? I think it's probably had a twofold effect. I think it's probably allowed uh, a younger audience to connect with church and Christian music. Um, but I also think that perhaps... Uh, it has shallowed, shall we say, perhaps the the overall message and sovereignty of God. We're going to take a short break, by the way. We're already through the, the first part of the show, which is incredible. And we've barely touched on Cindy's new book. It's called The Next Revolution, Resisting the Cult of Self. Our special guest in Momentum is Cindy McGovey. We're going to come back and continue to look at the impacts of the uh, society around us and what impact that's had on the church. And, And then, of course, look at some solutions as a church. How can we start regaining, refining our voice in the current culture that we find ourselves in? It's a deep show. Lots to look forward to on the back end of this short break here at Momentum. In the meantime, love you to have a look around our website, MomentumAustralia.org, and we'll be back with Cindy real soon. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Alrighty, welcome back to part two of this week's Momentum, MomentumAustralia.org. Again, just quickly, our website, pop that away for after the show. And uh, the Caroline number on the website too, one 800 If you need a confidential chat with somebody, there is somebody on the end of that line that can help you out. Our special guest this week is uh, Cindy McGarvey. She's the National Director for Youth for Christ Australia and uh, has launched a brand new book. It's called The Next Revolution, Resisting the Cult of the Self. And we are unpacking that on this week's show. Um, big topic, big, big title. And Cindy, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the synopsis on the back basically says that the church has been infiltrated by the world far too easily. And you um, you say the church is weak and ineffective in a, a post-pandemic era. So let's, let's quickly talk about the state of the church today from your perspective 
aside from being weak and ineffective, well, actually unpack that for me. What do you mean by weak and ineffective? Well, I think that the world, uh, that the church has to be distinct from the world and it has to be relevant. And if it's, if it's lost its distinctiveness, well, then the church uh, loses its relevancy and we don't have anything to offer. And so that's what I'm getting at when I talk about that. So you think that we've we've lost our voice, our in our effectiveness in society? I mean, you mentioned before that often the, the Christian voice now in in society is sometimes classed as hate speech, let alone even accepted. Um, do you think that that's where the church is in twenty twenty three? Yes, I think we have lost our authority because we we fear man more than we fear God. I think that we don't know the Word of God. And we don't honour the word of God as much. Uh, we've come, we've become a lot more casual about God and following God. Mm. Um, and I think you know, you'd asked me before what what revolution you think had the most impact. You know, besides a sexual revolution, I think one of the things that have had a big impact on us as a church that has made us ineffective is uh, the gradual deconstruction of our Western traditional values and morality through mm. relativism or the neo-Marxist-type philosophy that has, um, yeah, it's undermined the church's authority and the church's distinctiveness in the world. And particularly since the church has taken on this too, because I think over the last decades, uh, slowly uh, our children and, you know, we've got now millennials and young people. I remember even when I was at school, I mean, I went to a Christian school where I, where the faith was undermined by the teachers, the faith was undermined by the curriculum. Uh-huh. It made you think, oh, well, it's not, the Bible's not really true and things like that. And these are leaders uh, in the church today. You know, what is it? Uh, if we don't fully know and honor the word of God, we lose our fear of God. We lose, uh, you know, we don't seek to be holy. We don't seek to be set apart. All of those things, I think we become weak and ineffective. And, and certainly, you know, over the last, you know, 20 years, the church used to have the moral high ground. And so whenever, you know, people ask questions about morals and about ethics and so forth, you know, they would invite the church to comment. And unfortunately, you know, that doesn't exist today. Rarely is the church asked, you know, about, about moral issues. The society assumes that you know it's it's become irrelevant, as you said earlier. In the book, Cindy, you um, you talk about there being a discipleship deficit, and I thought that was a really interesting kind of quote. Um, because I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've been around the church world for twenty odd years, and I, I don't often hear the word disciple or a church making disciples. I, I don't often hear that, so. I suppose when you when you use that phrase a discipleship deficit, can you unpack that that for me? I mean, I don't, I can't think of one church right now that I've ever heard say we're going to make disciples of you from the pulpit. Yeah, I, that is a really good question because I can't think of any church either. I I don't know of any mm. myself, and 
you know, some people actually call it not just a discipleship deficit, but a, a discipleship disaster. Yeah. And um, I, I believe that it begins, and, and we're not taught this, you know, the families should be so strong. Christian families should be so, so strong. So what I talk about in my book is the discipleship deficit started way back when families, when parents had to train their children to be godly. The discipleship doesn't, isn't a church thing. It's a parent thing first. Mm, mm. So when you have little children, you're training your children out of being soulish, fleshly, selfish, all about me and um, my toys and my things. You know, I, I mentioned in my book that, you know, having five children, every single time their first word was either mine or no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, obviously there was a mum and dad first and all that sort of thing, but they learned those things very, very quickly. And mm. we have to teach our children to be selfless. We don't have to teach our children to be selfish because they are natural. They're born that way. Mm. And so what happened in the 50s and 60s, and, and this impacted the church so much, was that uh, these books came out by this guy called Dr. Benjamin Spock, not Dr. Spock with Star Trek. <laughs> Lots of people keep asking me that. But Dr. Benjamin Spock, he died in the 90s, and um, his website boasts that he has his book, he was the world's doctor or pediatrician, and that his book sold more copies than the Bible. It was only second to the Bible. Wow. So Christians took on his training. His philosophy was that we should do child-centered parenting. That means very little structure, very little, um, con uh, you know, controlling your children, for, you know, discipline and all that sort of thing, mm -hmm. letting your children just do whatever they want, what they felt like and all that sort of thing. And um, he, he kept releasing his book, you know, the updated versions, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s and so on. And I even... Like my mother's in her 80s and I was telling her about it and she went, oh, we were all told to read that. So my mother's a boomer. Mm -hmm. We were all, That was the book that everyone had to read. And so it was a little known fact that he was a Marxist and he was a left-wing activist. And Marxism seeks to undermine all the traditional structures, family, mm -hmm. marriage, fatherhood, motherhood, all of those things. So it this philosophy undermines the authority of parenting. Mm. And so all child psychology training, you know, how to train children and all that is all based on this Dr. Spock type ideology. And mm. because the church embraced it, the church uh, has a deficit in, in older parents training younger parents. And I know when I had little kids and I was in the church, I, I was desperate to find parents who could, uh, who I saw their children were well behaved and respectful and happy mm, mm. that I could learn from. And there were few and far between. And that is the same today. So that's where your discipleship starts, disciplining them, training them the ways of the Lord. And um, that's where it starts. And we failed there. Right. W when you think about then the, the negative aspects of, people listening regularly to something that is man-centered as opposed to Christ-centered, and you look at that over a period of, say, five to ten years, if someone sits under that, what do you think would be some of the negative side of that 
if that's kind of like their their compass or their reference point for what I'm getting as a diet of sermons, what effect do you think is that going to naturally have on the way that they view themselves, view Christ, and ultimately view life? Yeah, I think it would be living on a diet of um, inspirational and motivational talks. Mm. It would have, you know, we wouldn't be challenged to be transformed into the image of Christ. And we wouldn't mature as Christians. We'd be living not even on a diet of milk. We'd be living on a diet of sugar. Right. And um, I think that when persecution comes, and it does come, or when hard things happen to us, and they do happen, um, we cannot stand. And I also think that we can be more easily enticed by the pleasures of the world. And so church is just something we do, and it's fun, and it's a good club, and it's a good group, and we've got some really good people there. Um, but also the world has a lot to offer as well in its pleasures and ideas and so on. Mm. So I don't think we grow up to be what Christ, uh, you know, go, grow up in Christ. I just love it. I'm going to repeat that before we end the show. I love what you said there about we're not even getting a diet of meat. We're not even getting a diet of milk. We're getting a diet of sugar. And I think when you when you think about that and just have that visual imagery of that, I'm like, man, that's so good. It's so true. Right, it's it's sweet. It sounds good. It 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 tastes good for a moment, but it's not really giving me what I need deep down. Um, we suspected at the beginning of the show that we might run into two shows, and we're talking about Cindy's brand new book. It's called The Next Revolution: Resisting the Cult of the Self with Cindy McGarvey. Cindy's the national director for Youth for Christ Australia. Um, we've had half an hour. We feel like we've barely touched the surface, so we're going to come back next week and have another chat with Cindy and explore this some more because there is some good news. We've we've looked at some of the neg- negatives a fair bit in the show. There is some good news in Cindy's book, which we're going to un- unpack in next week's show. So join us again next week for that. In the meantime, love you to check out the Youth for Christ website. Uh, also, Cindy's book, but um, the What's Normal course that they've just released, helping youth around um, Australia today combat uh, pornography and the epidemic of pornography that is gripping so many young kids. Also, check out our website too. We'd love you to do that. MomentumAustralia.org. And we'll catch you next week right here on Momentum. Take care. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.